signals on it's 1.3 Lagos talks. My name is Adil Miyoshiji. Wine, a cup of coffee, and if you're like me, a glass of smoothie. With signals served on Lagos Talks 91.3 every Saturday at 10 a.m. Your mind will dream again. Signals on night 1.3 Lagos Talks. If you're just tuning in, you've not missed much, except that you missed to sell your business during the um, signals going places. So it's now signals and we're looking at, um, this morning we're looking at <laughs> advocating for human rights. Now, um, human rights are rights inherent to all human beings, regardless of race, sex, nationality, ethnicity, language, religion, and any other status. This morning, we're looking at um, advocating for human rights with um, a focus on disability. And I have with me the head of communications for Project Enable Africa, who hmm, is a media communications expert with years of experience in communication. We're going to speak English. But anyway, um... So over the years, he has made um, tangible contributions to different worthy causes, which includes the African Union campaign on accelerated reduction of maternal mortality in Africa. Presently, is a com- is with Project Enable Africa, and they are known for advocating for rights and empowerment of persons with disabilities in Nigeria. So this morning, I have with me Larry Olagunju. Welcome to Signals. Thank you. Good morning. Okay. Happy to be here. Before. okay so we're looking at um we had a conversation off air and your mic very well so that we can see each other come closer so um we're having a a discussion off air before we went on air about um people living with disability and i said that um sometimes no i said and this is my words that disability is a thing of the mind and you're wondering what was i saying and and I realize that um, whether we are complete or not, sometimes it's it's really how we place ourselves in our mind. If we see ourselves as complete, we're complete. And if we see ourselves as disabled, even for people that are complete sometimes, their mind is very funny. But hey, we're talking about disability and what does it really mean? Tell us. Okay, thank you. Um, like you said, you said disability has to do with the mind or the mindset, which is very, very true. Um, there's no, there's no point to even doubt or even ha- even argue that. But to answer your question realistically, yeah. when you're unable to do certain things because of um, because you're physically challenged, because maybe your limbs, your hand, your your you cannot see, mm. it means that you're unable to do things because of um, things that other people usually do. take for granted. Mm. But you are unable to do those things because it, some part of your body are not functioning properly that is the simple meaning of disability you know being unable to access or do things like every other person should you know and it can be a challenge especially when um you don't have support okay so when did you first hear about disability advocacy movement 
And when did you start to see yourself as an advocate? Well, I, I should say that um, I'm a development expert. And okay. for me, any of the 17 goals of the um, SDGs, you know, becomes um, my own um, area of priority. Um, I've done stuff in um, in areas of a maternal, maternal health advocacy. And um, I think I think so far, so good. Um, we've been able to push, you know, to some to some point to say there's a limit, the, the kind of success in that regard. But at the, at the moment, um, disability inclusion is is the buzzword. That's mm-hmm. the real thing. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes there are so there are so many areas and many discussions around inclusion because um t- t- talks of religion, talks of um, um of sex, but in terms of disability inclusion, it's a major one because. We need if you're going to achieve the, the goals of the SDG that says that no one should be left behind. No one then it means that we must take into recognition this minority group sort of who seem to have been excluded from our day to day activities, our conversations and the development that we all seem to be taking for granted. Now when we see disability, um, we see beggars. For some people when they see disabled people, mm. they see beggars. Let's start from there and let's build it up. A lot of people, when they see disabled people, even they are complete or they are fine, they are okay, they're going about their daily lives, and you just you see people like oh, take people just want to give her arms, and you're like, really, I'm fine, <laughs> I don't need help. <laughs> yes, people have that. So, so people have that issue too. Well, it's unfortunate because I think Very. it's more of an environmental thing. Um, it's because of the country that we find ourselves. Um, I think it's. Here in Africa, that we see people, you know, beg for hands on the street because um, that's the only thing they can do. Yes, you don't really have to be physically challenged to beg. Okay. You know, somebody who has every part of their body intact can decide to beg. Okay. You know, in developed world, you have people who destitute on the road, who play, who do sing, um, sing music, play their guitars to raise, you know, people funds. to raise funds for themselves. So begging doesn't really have to. You can zero it down to disability. But because of lack of access and um, because persons with disabilities do not have another alternative mm. and then begging seems to be the only reality that they have. So that's why we kind of equate disability or being physically challenged in any way to begging. If those guys had better things, to, if, they are, if they have access to education mm. and they are able to harness their skills... Nobody wants to stay in the road and beg. No, no, it's, it's not. It's not a good thing to do anyway. Um, so looking at other areas where persons, where people living with disability are being discriminated, how does this rule of law support the rights of persons? So the, the question is number one is number one. Do we even have a rule that says that you should not discriminate against people living with disabilities? That's one. Number two. How do we um, reduce the discrimination? Because there's a lot. If you go into um, a lot of institutions, don't have there, there are no accessibility yeah, points yeah. where they can just go and be comfortable. Yeah. The toilets are not accessible True. for them. They th- th- there's a lot of things that are not well put in place for people living with disabilities. Yeah, and right. we remember that it's not fault of them. So share with us. I think um, a society we need to really apologize to this um, category of people. Um, because we've not been responsible to them enough and they're actually part of us and it's when we find ourselves in such situations that we now begin to 
see what these people feel or when unfortunately maybe a friend members of a family a, has an accident an accident and a, then a, an accident occurs and we trouble. now begin to imagine how have this person's been you know thriving before now or when uh when we find ourselves maybe because of age or because of um, one form of mishap then we begin to say oh this is now the reality and the truth is that at every point in our lifetime chances are that we might go through one form of stability or the other True. you know old age for instance <laughs> you know um if you're pregnant for instance there's certain things you cannot do that you can naturally do before you know which puts you into a kind of um, temporary uh, disability so in nigeria we are thank we should be thankful to this administration because um they seem to have taken the conversation on disability inclusion to 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 a better position um in the last the last administration had the bill has been for over nine years or ten years thereabouts the conversation has been going on and um not until january 2019 was when the discrimination against persons with disability act was signed to law so now it means that we have a legal framework that says discrimination is illegal okay and that's very beautiful and that's interesting um but the truth is does it stop there it, okay <laughs> and okay. i hear and i can answer that my, question in my mind i'm saying okay yes they signed the bill is it being implemented that's another thing it's one thing to sign yes it's another thing for it to be implemented. yes the bill the bill touches the bill has several components okay. which touches on transportation touches on um, physical structures because the truth is that many of our physical structures are not inclusive. No, you know, not. we don't have places where those who are physically challenged can roll their easily roll their wheelchair in and you know access other things like in our banks, our churches, our schools. You know, even our our car parks. We mm. should have places where those who have disability can park, and those places should be left for them alone. You know, and it, it comes to the point whereby once the law is there, mm. the government seems to have done that part. Um, mm. NGOs, individuals now need to keep talking about it mm. to get the implementation so that we can serve as a watchdog to government so that the bill can be well implemented. Then on our home part as individuals and citizens, then we now also need to, we have a sense of responsibility because if the government made the law, everybody must obey that law mm. and be guided by that law. So we must have a sense of responsibility and duty to say that, yes, this is the law and this is how we should do it. And until then, the law is just going to be like any other piece of paper hanging somewhere, you know. Okay. Now, when most people look at persons with disability, there is a tendency to overlook the possibility that they can offer value. The truth is, all this, all the all PWD, PWDs need is access to education. Okay. And from research, researchers found well, realized that because of their of their disability in one in one area usually they have you know they are able to do other things far above the average person because all other senses have been because they cannot okay for instance somebody who cannot who is visually impaired mm. you know is able to do better and picking voices and picking sounds their senses are heightened yeah highly heightened um, yeah. highly active you know i have i have a colleague at work who is um in she's partially visually visually impaired but partially not yeah. absolutely and she was trying to explain to her to me that 
she could cross the road sometimes by listening to the voices of a moving vehicle she could tell when the vehicle is far away or close by you know but the truth is we cannot rely on such systems we, we need we need to have we need to, as, as as a country we need to have we need to come together and build structures and build you know structures in place so that these people can live normally <laughs> like I, there's a particular man that comes to mind or along my office road anytime that man is walking so this is me closing my eyes um, and he's walking with his stick i just literally wait like <laughs> trying to tell everybody he's not seen can you so that we don't get into yeah, his, yeah. into his view yeah. and then he uses a stick to make sure that he gets to the road like main road and cross i just freeze like okay it's safe. <laughs> like I just, I probably take on that responsibility yeah. and wait till the man is comfortably walking on his own, and it's and according to what I heard, he stays alone. He takes takes care of himself, and I'm like, okay. If okay, if if you check okay. chance, chances, Hala is educated. Very, very, okay. very, very. So it's just that chances Hala is educated, and so when we give them access to education, trainings, and then. Even even those of us who don't have any form of disability, without education, mm. there's nothing. There's nothing you can you can you can only do much. Mm. So the truth is, we need when we have an inclusive system that takes care of those people. Really, from the point of view of they need to get access to education, to transportation, and other things. Once people have the access to live their normal life and contribute to society, there's a sense of pride that comes with it. But once people are disenfranchised and they cannot do that, there's a form of powerlessness. Mm. and when you even as as we are so for some people who are so complete you don't want to be powerless yeah like you can't you just really can't afford to be yeah. powerless how much more yeah them okay so it's signals on it 1.3 lagos talk so we're talking advocating for human rights with a focus to disability um you can tweet at us at lagos talks 913 cc at young cerebral you can WhatsApp us on 0809-234-5913. Or you can call in 0809-191-3913. Or 0809-222-0913. Or WhatsApp us on 0809-234-5913. Now, um, now, let's talk about their equipment. The equipments are very expensive, from their wheelchairs to their sticks, to their brails, to a lot of all of the all the things that will make their lives very their lives very comfortable. It's it's also a challenge because it's expensive. That the, yeah. there's a lady now <laughs> I can't give you a point. <laughs> so there's a lady that we're following our story. Uh, my name is Blessing, Blessing Mary Ochido. I, I've been following her story for a while, and um, she very intelligent lady and she was going to take a flight to a certain airline um manhandled her, her wheelchair and she had been calling them she was calling the attention to because she needs a motorable wheelchair is very expensive and i knew that a lot of people tried to contribute for her chair and so she needs to start a, um, a job outside of the country or so and the airline just they're just as redundant. They, they just didn't answer her. They didn't feel the need to give her a reply. They just told her nonchalant story. I'm sorry. And then, and then I'm looking at, is it that there's no human being with sense? 
who can say, okay, we apologize for what we have done to you mm. and then we can replace it. And she's been going back and forth with um, the lawyers and, and, and I'm, I'm wondering, why is it that we are very nonchalant about it? If it doesn't concern me, if it doesn't concern the next person that yeah. is very close to yeah. me, we don't care. Why? Yeah. The, 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 the truth is, um, we need to start from the point of sensitization. And that's why I think the federal government needs to do better. Um, because it will be, be quite unfair at this point in time to begin to, um, how do I say it now? To begin to um, not implement now. So enforce. Because you've not even mentioned, you've not even explained the bill well enough. Mm-mm. So you don't know that it's Exactly, that, that, that exists. And I'm afraid in January it's going to be one year. And wow. yes, it's going to be one year. And the other challenge is that some of the things the federal government said they were going to put into 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 mm-hmm. place, mm-hmm. like having a commission, and this commission is not just supposed to be like a physical structure. It's supposed to also be able to get complaints from p- p- persons with disability, take their issues, issues, take their stories, take their cases, and then they can now file leg up cases, you know, on their behalf. So right now we. We have a point whereby we solely have to depend on the conscience or the policies, the programs of a particular private um, organization. If their policies are inclusive and is um, supports persons with disability, fine. If they don't, then they are just on your own. There was a similar case of um, of um, Grace Jerry. I know she was going with another particular airline like that. I think they said she can't go in with, uh, with a wheelchair and all that. And there was so much of a challenge. But right now that the law is there, we can only hope that um, Nigerians and individuals will take the federal government, will call, no, keep calling them to implement this, this bill. And then we also need our lawyers, we need our, our, those in the legal system to do more in this regard because it's not something that the average person can do alone. That organization, for instance, needs to be sorry. Yeah, I didn't even sorry. They need, they, they need, they need to pay back. Because this these gadgets are not cheap. That's the truth. And we don't yeah, have it. No, we it's don't have expensive. A, and the lady was practically crying. Like we don't, we don't have a system that says, okay, this this assistive materials will be subsidized for persons with disability. Mm. We don't have such structures in place apart from non-governmental organizations who just do things and you out know out of their own pocket. Out of them or individuals who do things out of their own volition. And there was um, I think Mrs. Um, Ucho Basaki recently in Lagos decided to give a particular bar, I think in Ojota, a wheelchair, just by herself. That's fantastic, really. Good. But can we su- can we sustain, sustain it? We can't. So we really need a model whereby all parastatals, government as an, as, as an institution, can take this hope. But say, okay, fine. We will subsidize this assistive materials. You know, for instance, those who are visually impaired, if you come to the inclusion hub um, in Suleri, we help, we train them so that they are able to use their computers mm-hmm. using materials like the jaws. And somebody who is visually impaired can practically work on the computer just like you would do because they have these um, the headphones, voice. you know, that help them to, to prompt them to do what they should do. So we really need to do better. Um, I think I think the if the law is not, if the implementation is not there and sensitization is not taking it right through, then I think enforcement will be tough. But, but why is it that we are always very we are late to the party of um, of making sure the information sinks into our heart? Why? As in, if it's not 
if if there is no um, disciplinary rule that says, oh, if you don't do this, we're coming down to lock your business. Yeah. If we don't, if we we're not hard on ourselves, we don't take things serious as Nigerians generally. Why? Well, I think it's the system. As, again, that's the that's what we are used to. Do we need a system? Let, me, let me give you an example. When I was a child, I used to think that the seatbelt in the car was just there for fancy. Yeah. Many of us didn't really know. <laughs> what? <laughs> you have to remind you that please use your seatbelt. And right now, it's better. Yeah, it is. Like, you know, if you, if, if you get into a car with, with, a, with a child, he says, Uncle, please use your seatbelt. You know, kids tell their parents, Mommy, use your seatbelt. And that's because why... A particular admission came in Lagos and started sensitization. Then there was what enforcement. So when you see, when you see, when you see a last month, no, for instance, when you see a last month official and they tell you pack because of your seatbelt, I ask myself, is it because of the last month official? Yeah, it's because of you. You know, we don't like. We, we don't so like. so because. And again, you can also relate it to this to the, to the level of um, education in the country. A lot of people are educated. See, we have educated illiterates. <laughs> That's where we are. Because the common sense is do this. Okay. Um, use your seatbelt. And then we have this nonchalant attitude that reeks of... Um, but, but, but right now it's better. I'm sure you know. Uh, it's better because we don't want to pay fine. Beautiful. So if that is the language... That we understand. That we understand. As adults. Government, <laughs> government has the responsibility to start from proper education. Okay. And after that, there's a, there's a bill. That means there's a law. Because where there's no law, there's no crime. Even when we had law, we still But right now, care. all we now need is enforcement. So for that organization, for instance, because of this and this and this, if they are, if they are, taking, if they are fined and they are taken to court and they are guilty, they should go, they should go face the law. Okay. Now let's let's talk about the success stories of of um, Enable Africa. Yeah. Share with us that. Beautiful. I'm always happy to talk about uh, this. You, 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 why won't you? Uh, Project Enable Africa was founded in in 2014. Okay. It's five days exactly now, and in the last five, five years. Five years or five days. Five years. Okay. <laughs> five years. And um, at the onset, what we what we were doing was provide um um skills mm. you know skills to persons with disability so that they are able to create income for themselves you know so they're trained in how to make beads how to make soap and things like that beyond that but the, the challenge we have we have, you, have we gotten people with disabilities who know how to code no no That's... you now need to come on let me just have a, you now need to you need to come to the inclusion hub okay. but when we now realize that because of the degree of um stigmatization good People still don't want to patronize these people sometimes. Mm. And I don't know why. Maybe cultural beliefs, but we don't know. So I, we like, took, I like the point, <laughs> cultural beliefs. So we took it a step further to say, okay, if we focus on ICT skills mm-hmm. for persons with disability, we might be able to achieve more. Mm. Because right now we're talking 5G. We're talking, you know, industrial revolution, you know, fat change of um, um the model the, the, the way we do work is going to be redefined in a in, in few years to come and then persons with disabilities seem to be excluded from this conversation they're like they're still back because nobody's thinking of how do we ensure that these people can use their computers can write programs can you know 
So we now we provide ICT skills for them, and we've been doing this in the last four years, in the last five years. So we have our fellows who have been trained in um, graphic design, good web. You know, they can design websites, um, digital marketing, um, social media marketing, and stuff like that. And every year we have um, a group, a number of fellows, about forty of them. And how do they apply? What, what, what we do is that we drop the applications in disability clusters across the states, across the nation. And um, How many of these do we have? The clusters, how many do we have? Well, we, we focus on five um, visually impaired, okay. um, the albinos, okay. um, those who are physically challenged, um, then um, those who are sickle cell. Because some people who have sickle cell also have, you know, had their, they've been challenged as a result of that. Some of them yeah, are on the wheelchair yeah. because of that. So we, we focus on and also the deaf. So these five clusters are the ones that we cater for at the moment. We hope to scale, you know, in the coming years and look into other clusters. But this, you know, it's it's a model that we are trying to build a foundation for, and so that if it's if it's sustainable, it can be replicated across across the nation. So at the moment, those five clusters are, are the our major focus, and all we provide for them is ICT ICT skills. And you'll be you'll be surprised to see that these people are catching up with with the trainings if you go on, if you go on our page you will see you will see some of our some of our classes and i think you need to visit the inclusion hub very nah, soon yeah, because me up. That's, <laughs> the, that, that, that's the first um disability digital hub okay that i think we have in lagos in nigeria and i think the largest thing in africa have you heard of any, anyone no, no. a particular tech hub that is designed dedicated for persons with disability because oh. it takes a lot. It means because, that it means that extra extra effort yeah. going to training them. Now give me give me um now you see them every day. Tell me in the particular let's take one person. Okay. Um the person that doesn't hear and tell me how the person moves around every day trying to communicate with the um technology that you have provided for them beautiful um they are assistive materials okay you know which is thanks to technology and um in 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 in, in the month of december we are in fact we are hosting an hackathon so that developers can come bring their ideas and then many of these ideas should be focused on helping persons with disability do regular things so they can live a better life okay but what we do in that regard is that for those who are deaf it means that all they need to, they will need a it's sign language sign, interpreter, sign language. which is very, very important. And I think at, the, at this point in time, sign language should be, um, should be added to maybe a curriculum, you know, okay. maybe to some extent. Maybe because we also have there some of be... them who can hear in primary school, in secondary school, yeah. and even university. So there is this sign should sign language be composition for everybody? Well, maybe composition might not be the right word, but there should be centers where people can voluntarily learn. What we we have we have a training at inclusion hubs such that members of the public can come learn. Okay. In fact, uh, we. I, I remember that on TV. Yeah. Um, there's this when someone is talking. Yeah. There's this other person who is doing signs. So beautiful. It, yeah. You would you wouldn't appreciate that until you see. A deaf person who is able to communicate, who is, who is able to follow that conversation just because there's somebody somewhere who is doing that, that, you know. And I wonder, how do people who can't hear, who have, you know, how do they go to the cinema? Yeah. Are we thinking that direction? That's another one. You know? 
so so the the, the 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 solution comes from having these conversations in the first place yes conversations will solve problems because it will create awareness it will create awareness but if we are if we have the will we can now begin to create innovations and around them around them but if you don't talk about them or if you don't even think about them then we are less concerned okay so this is me putting you on a very <laughs> hot spot when you go to work in the morning and you see them every day what what does seeing them do to you well i we also need to learn we have to learn that persons with disabilities do not like to be pity one so rather than you have to treat them rather like than human yes beings. rather than showing sympathy every day i think the right approach is empathy okay because you're concerned you want to show them with the same kind of you know, respect that you would do to an average person they deserve it, human you, know, you want to communicate to them and not talk down at them you know regardless of your age or disability you want to relate to them like human beings and that's what they really like so it's part of the sensitization if you do not know that you're finicky or you're scared you're worried no 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 talk to them you know if they have a caregiver who you need to relate to your conversation to you're facing them but your care- caregiver is translating or trying to help them interpret what you're trying to say so it's not about pity really because how do you translate that to making their lives better yeah. the real thing is empathy because it helps you to put yourself in that position mm-hmm. and then you're able to you know give them the dignity and self respect the respect that that they deserve so right now it's we many of us at inclusion hub and many of those who work work at the hub are a better place because we meet them every day and and i think the same thing should go to the average person if we have the right information now let's talk a little bit about caregivers what what do you think about their caregivers sometimes i've heard of horror stories where by caregivers treat them off like they don't treat them well you mean caregivers don't treat the um the persons with disability well yes i've heard some stories like that scary stories because you have to put cctv cctvs around just to be able to monitor well caregivers fall into different categories um mm-hmm. if you're a family if you're a sibling or a family member to someone who's a, who has a disability you offer you offer care to them you're also a caregiver in that in that sense and um there are different categories however i think caregivers also need some form of education you know because nobody nobody most times nobody is prepared for that kind of lifestyle no not at all so you don't get enough training for it you don't it just happens and then you have to live with it Mm. so it can be tough so emotionally caregivers are also drained they are also drowned and they need to talk themselves up and talk themselves out of certain out of such situation until then you cannot even show enough love and care to this person so it's a major one and also the the other side to what we do at Project Enable is to also ensure that caregivers also have entrepreneurial skills because for every person with disability the fact that we don't have a system that provides adequate access so it means they're not able to contribute their own quota to development to generate income that they can even pay taxes that and that is how they will collect tax from them no well if you make if you if you work and you make good money 
reality you know when you're speaking of entrepreneurship i i remember i take a care a lot care and okay. i see these men who use um crushes and with one crush they are driving their keke yeah. and then i just i i think i i'm happy yeah i i i'm happy for them i'm yeah. happy that they they can make a livelihood for themselves and they despite, don't have to de- yeah. yeah despite that yeah. so when i see them yeah. I'm, I'm so if i if i see an able bodied person with i'm like like in my head i'm like shake on yeah and but, but I, I see them i i see them and they're happy doing it you you know, there's there's one thing we do as Nigerians. When we when you see somebody with um, a disability, and you see them making a livelihood for themselves, if anybody, if a full-blooded person wants to, full-bodied person wants to take advantage of them, you see people rallying round, like, which, which is which is good. Like you you don't want to do that. Yes. And it's, so it's it sort of brings joy to my to my face that okay, fine, that they are also having to create a livelihood for themselves. Yeah. And, and and that that brings us to the point that there are certain jobs that persons with disabilities can do. Okay, they can you drive know, cars. You know, if 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 you're physically challenged, you might still be able to drive your car conveniently. Yeah. Um, if you're if you're there, for instance, you might still be able to welcome guests, and then probably with sign language, you know. You can still do certain things. But if we don't provide enough um, you know, access and trainings and open them up to other things that help them build their skills, then they are not able to contribute their own quota to the development of our country. And the extension of that is that that also affects caregivers. Yeah, because they can't get many paid. caregivers need to leave their jobs or work less, you know, so that Just they can... To attend to them. And that's a beautiful thing with ICT skills. And that was what brought us to the point of saying, okay, providing ICT skills for persons with disability and caregivers is the right way to go. Mm. Because from one corner of your house, you can pro- you can design a website and the other person on the other hand does not even need to see your face. True. You know, when you send an email and there's a response do you really care about the picture of no, no, who is no. responding as or, as your mail is or when you make your order you know at um, a restaurant or something do you care who made the food no who brought you it's know, value value beautiful exchange of value so when it's value based and people don't need to see them that also helps to take care of stigmatization so they can sell they can buy many of those who call you this <laughs> call you this money you didn't bother to check no, their pictures no, no. so and that's the beautiful thing about ICT they can work from the corners of their homes and then provide value, value for them. and then get income for that. Okay. Um, it signals a nice 1.3 legal shock. So talking, um, advocating for human rights with a focus on disability. If you have a call or a question before we wrap up this program, um, it's 0809-191-3913 or 0809-222-0913. Or zero eight zero nine two three four five nine one three. If you have a question or a comment, tweet at us at Lagos Stocks nine one three CC at Young Cerebral. Now, for someone who is listening, who might have one way or the other been discriminated for being disabled, what's your message to them? Um, the first message is that they need to stay strong. Okay. Um, person with disability actually. They should. They also have a responsibility 
to champion this conversation they need to they need to you know come out of their situation and then see hope see life Mm. when people see that in them they are able to relate with them better and not always come from a point of um um you know Mm. this is how i am so the truth is they need to do better Okay. Then, this, the, then the the larger society can pick pick it up from there. So, and however, now that there's a bill, it also means that people can get them um, legal redress when mm. there are issues. So, that um, okay. <sighs> so, what has been some of the technological breakthroughs to this effect so far from the project? Um, we really do not um. You mean technology breakthrough? Yes. Well, it means that um, many of our fellows are now able to offer value, and then some of them we are able to pro- for for a good number of them we're able to provide them with um, internship opportunities. Okay. So it means that in fact we just concluded a, um, a fellowship program, and a good number of them are going to different places, um, organizations where we have part um, partnerships. Just, just hold that thought a bit. Hello, good morning. Okay, continue please. You know where we so, have partnerships. So they go there to have the workplace experience mm. and that helps in a lot of ways because the organization also now begins to see that okay yes we're doing something we can actually take these people in mm-hmm. and then there's this interaction that is going on so we're trying to set a foundation for them for them all the good- hello good morning uh, good morning good morning your name where are you calling us from my name is Daya. i'm calling from Facebook. okay Daya. quick one yeah uh, i don't know where do you place autism in this your discussion and um, my younger brother is autistic. Okay. He's coped with him, we've lived his life, we've taken control of it. Um, we've done well by our own standards mm-hmm. for him. But wait for, for the general public, where do you place autism, autism. And, how, and how they can be helped and taken care of? Thank you. Thank you, Ayo. Yes, that's another case. Yes, like I mentioned initially, um, in developed countries, in fact, you realize that you go to. Um, I, I was speaking with a top editor recently, and he was telling me that while he was in Harvard, he realized that autistic individuals are the ones who help in the libraries, you know, to get the kind of books you want to read up here, and there are things they can do. However, that has to do with the level of um, um, education, you know, trainings and support that they've gotten over the years. But here, we still need a lot and to to, to cater for um autism. autistic individuals require a lot of technical know-how yes. you know you really yeah. need to be trained in fact at the, at the moment that cluster of disability is not we have not we don't we don't cater for them when it comes to ICT skills at the moment because it means that you need so much of um technical you need somebody who is well trained to even relate to them and teach them on ICT skills so right now we, we we focus on five clusters like I mentioned: the visually impaired, the deaf, the physically um, challenged, albinos, and those who are challenged, those who are physically challenged as a result of some um, sickle cell. So I I I hope that in the in in the new year when we you know scaled into um, other, areas. other areas we will be able to accommodate this person. But right now this scheme is something we're trying to pilot and see how well it oh, goes gosh. so we can replicate it. Okay. Um. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Larry. My time is up. Ah. Okay. Hello. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Quickly. My your name, please. My name is Chichi. I'm calling from Okay. Shoot, please. Um. 
I want to talk about uh, the issue of the education access. Okay. We are, uh, you know, there was the first year you suggested uh, that. Hello? I can hear you. Okay, there was a point where you suggested that if a sign language should be made compulsory in secondary or primary school. Yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. I think it should. Mm. And my reason is this. My reason is this because communication is in two ways. Mm. Communication is in two ways, right? Yes, please. And if, for instance, you are going to limit uh, the sign language for just the ones who are handicapped, mm. who are they supposed to communicate with when they come out? Mm. True, true, true. Who are they That's... supposed to communicate with yeah. when they come out? They are supposed to communicate with both the ones who are able and the, the ones who are, are yeah, and yes. The percentage of those who are it's few. Uh, on to very few. Very few, very yeah. few. And so yeah. I think it should be used compulsory. Yeah. Thank and you. Another way to also fight the issue of the liberalism is when we, we assume and when we get used to people, we tend to overlook their the, the the handicaps. Their hair, that yeah. nature. We don't, it's only when we are in the first time, you know, we, we, we are uncomfortable. Yeah. Yes. Mm. And now we are used to them. We don't mind. We don't mind. We don't see. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so, thank so you. much. Okay, so thank you so much, Larry. My pleasure. Thank you, thank you. I, I, I'll try and look for so, um for an authority on autism, and then we'll talk about it. There are two things uh, that I know. That, I don't know. I, it's a soft spot for me. It's autism and Down syndrome. I immediately I see them. I just know that yes, it's a Down syndrome person. Mm. So, but hey, it's it's a thing of the mind. Like I rightly said, if you see them as some somebody that something is wrong with, then something is wrong with you personally. But again, it's the thing of the mind. They are human beings. Anybody can be affected at any time. We yeah. just pray that nothing happens. But for those that are something, um, for those that are living with disability, they're human beings. They have a right to live. They have a right to do whatever they're doing. Whatever we do, they have a right to do it. So no discrimination, no discrimination because it can affect anybody at any time. Hey, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Larry. Thank Pleasure. you so so much. Thank you. Um, thank you, Barry. Thank you, Spencer. So we come your way again next week, Saturday, like we always say on Signals. Dream again and have a wonderful week ahead of you. There's a new cuisine in town. A glass of wine, a cup of coffee... And if you're like me, a glass of smoothie. With Signals, served on Lagos Talks 91.3 every Saturday at 10am. Your mind will dream again.